0: Well, hello there. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Prairie Town Basement Sessions Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Crochak. I'm so excited, so happy that you folks decided to take some time of your very, very, very busy schedules and listen to this episode and, you know, hopefully many, many more. It, it really does mean a lot to me. There's so many things competing for our time and our attention these days and, things pulling us away, and so many challenges in the world. So I'm hoping to provide 30 to 40 minutes every week just as an escape. And I hope you come along for the ride with me. So truth be told, I've wanted this podcast for a very long time now. And undoubtedly, the need to proceed with it was accelerated by the pandemic over the course of the last couple of years. In many respects, I started this podcast for very selfish reasons because I love two things, music and building relationships. So one of the observations I've made over the last couple of years is just how approachable musicians can be via social media or their websites. You know, I'd reach out to somebody, comment on their music, on their posts, what have you, and they would get right back to me. And I started this dialogue and and started developing virtual relationships. And I thought it would be very cool to try to leverage some of those relationships and take it to another level and have like a broader interview about why are they writing music and why are they telling the stories that they're telling? So that's kind of the, the origin behind the podcast. So my goal with these podcasts is to, is to showcase singer songwriters from across the world from interviewing them from here at the headquarters in Newville, Manitoba. But of course there'll be an ongoing emphasis and focus on Canadian artists and probably more specifically Manitoba artists. For the most part, these interviews will be informal and conversational, uh, but not scripted. No one wants to tune in here once a week and just hear scripts and you know structured ways of people talking. No one wants that. So I really want to provide you with that opportunity to step inside the world of a singer songwriter. What inspires them? Why are they creating the music that they do? And what is their secret sauce behind creating the music that they're putting out there? So that's really the objective of this. So. I think for the average listener these days, the, the complexities of creating music is not fully understood because we're able to consume massive amounts of music in a short period of time. It's like instantaneous, you know. I always tell the story that my nine-year-old can go up on a, a streaming platform, pull any song they want at a moment's notice. So it's, it's very quick. And sometimes I feel that the storytelling and the music creation art form becomes saturated in this world we live in. So through this podcast, I'd like to make it my personal mission to shine a light on the storyteller, pure and simple. For those of you that are not familiar with me, I'm a singer songwriter based in Manitoba, Canada. Actually, Niverville, if you want to be really specific. Actually, the fifth fastest growing town in Canada, according to the census. Just a fun fact there. So I come from a pretty artistic family of musicians and writers, photographers, videographers, and I'll even say painters because my mom is a very talented oil painter. Developing this podcast is, is actually strangely familiar and actually weirdly comfortable for me because I do see it as an extension of expressing myself creatively. Music has always been an outlet for me and having the opportunity to speak to other artists across the globe about their journeys is just icing on the cake. That said, I I fully intend on keeping my own musical aspirations going uh, because I still have a lot to say. And so there will be some very exciting things happening in 2022 in that regard. But for the purposes of this podcast, it's really about the artists that I'm going to be interviewing from week to week. So a little story behind the name, the Prairie Town Basement Sessions. So in the fall of 2020, I was thinking of ways to both enhance my profile on social media and to focus on performing through the pandemic. So essentially I wanted to film a series of performance videos online, post them. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to develop a series name. So for some reason, the Prairie Town Basement Sessions name came right at me. I was mustering up some creativity and it hit me like a sack of potatoes. And I always love it when that kind of stuff happens. It's almost like divine intervention. So when reflecting on the name, undoubtedly it comes from the fact that the prairies paint a vivid picture for me, one that is colorful and hazy rolling and flat sweet and ferocious and all these things represent life to me and essentially music is life i'm always really fond of the notion of world-class music being created in basements across the globe not just in the prairies but across the pond north and south of us and everywhere in between anyway once i got the name i immediately reached out to somebody that has done some single art for me in the past. My name's Kat from Wildflower Media, a little plug. And she was going to design the art. Uh, Kat always knocks the ideas out of the park. So after a few drafts, came up the logo that you're seeing in all the podcasts and all the promotional materials and social media, et cetera. Uh, I love it because my fondest memories as a kid was kind of like piling into my my parents' old Grand Torino station wagon. All seven of us are dashing across the prairies into the sunsets hands and feet outside the windows with no seat on <laughs> it was legal back then and making waves with our hands outside the windows while driving over the rolling hills i get emotional just even talking about it right now the prairies for me represent family and staying connected so this podcast could be a way for all of us to stay connected with each other with the music that is a soundtrack to our lives okay so, that's enough of a background. I just wanted to give you guys a bit of an explanation as to why I started the podcast and what you can come to expect in the coming weeks. Now, let's talk about our guest. Jaron Friesen is a singer-songwriter from Manitoba, Canada. More about him in a segment we're going to call The Opening Act. Ever so often, you come across music that from the time the first word is sung or the first chords of that old guitar are strummed It immediately takes you back. It takes you back to listening to classic country music on the old AM radio. Songs that tell the story of both happiness and heartbreak and everything in between. Jaron Friesen's music is like that for me. However, make no mistake about it. He's charting his own path and is not destined to be defined by the ghosts from the past. Jaron was recently nominated for Roots Artist of the Year at the 2021 Manitoba Country Music Association Awards. His authentic and genuine storytelling style is extremely endearing and is gaining a lot of attention across the music industry. But overall, Jaron is an honest and thoughtful songwriter that will be sure to touch broader audiences for years to come. Ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Jaron Friesen. How you doing, man? Hey, thanks
1: for having me, and I'm doing well. It's cold. We were just talking about that before uh, before this uh, this whole thing started. It is cold.
0: Get in, no kidding. So, um, <laughs> you know what? We we will persevere. We'll persevere. So we've been we've been trying to connect for a bit. We've been going back and forth trying to make this date happen for the podcast. So you've been a busy guy. So uh, you know what? For people that maybe may not be aware of your music or your your art form, uh, maybe you just kind of. Explain who you are, what you do in terms of the music thing, and uh, we'll kind of take it from there.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a singer-songwriter, country music artist. Uh, I don't like to say just country music anymore uh, yeah. because, as you know, it, it, it kind of runs into everything. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, to kind of broaden down on the musical style, uh, old, real, real old school music, I like to blend the sounds of, of the 70s and the 60s that I remember my dad showing me when I was a kid. Yep. And kind of blending that together with modern storytelling and, and lyrics that, uh, that kind of resonate with people. Um, and, and so that's kind of, you know, my, my music summarized in a nutshell here. Uh, this year I was nominated for Roots Artist of the Year by the Manitoba Country Music Association. Yeah, so that's congrats, a, man. That's yeah, great. Thanks, man. So that's a huge honor, especially after really only, uh, only about eight months on the scene as a solo artist. So. Uh, so that's been, uh, uh, kind of an accelerated process and it's been a lot of
0: fun. Awesome, man. No, that's cool. I mean, yeah, you know, I just reading your bio there, I, I was looking like, well, this guy, you know, like he listened to some of your music. It's like, well, he has something to say. This is one of those, those guys that like he's coming up and, and you should probably pay attention because he's got something to say. So I have to ask you a question though. So when, when you're listening to the, the old turntables of the old country music that your dad was playing there, did you like it at the time or like? We're, we're, like, why, why is this kind of oozing out of you now?
1: Wow. Good question. Uh, pr- probably like most young teenagers and e- even as early as like five, six, seven years old, I can remember this stuff. Uh, I, I, I would say a good chunk of me probably hated it at first. Uh, just because dad showed me right yeah exactly (laughs) it tends to be whenever i show my daughter something now and she's five she she hates it at first she hates it exactly but but then a week later she's like dad i want to show you something and it's like yeah i i showed you that man and (laughs) so and so i think uh, i probably hated it at first but then early on uh my dad just would start singing it in the car everywhere he would during the intro of a song he would sing the first verse And then I would be so impressed that he knew all the words, and uh, (laughs) you know I didn't know what like, you know to quote, uh, you know uh, Hank Williams Jr. When when my dad's singing in the car, if I just you know sing and drink all night long, it's a family tradition. I had no, I had no (laughs) idea what the hell he was talking about. (laughs)
0: That's fantastic. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, but we kind of grew to love it eventually, and and that's uh, I don't know. I wish I had an answer of when and why it just hit me, but but it just did.
0: So what, so what kind of, so, you know, we listen to it and then, you know, what, what kind of can, how does it translate into going, you know what, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna start playing this stuff. Like, you know, like, what did that look like? How long is that? What's the trajectory of that for you?
1: Uh, man, well, 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 it took me a number of years to, I guess, kind of fulfill that side of me. It used to always be uh, kind of whatever it was on radio, right? And I mean, when any young person picks up a guitar and kind of plays it in front of people for the first time it's yep. a lot of hey man can you play this yeah sure you know and then when you hit 14 15 you realize that all the chicks like uh <laughs> like certain songs you kind of play that right like yeah that was definitely a big part of it
0: so okay okay well then you have to tell me now because you threw that out there yeah. as like so what was that one song that like you're like you know what they're going to be googling me you know <laughs> this is this is it what's that one song go to like so the one song that I play when when people t-
1: tell me to bring my guitar to a campfire is that what you're asking? Yeah, or yeah, to impress the ladies. Oh well, I guess anytime I anytime I play in general, I'm impressing uh, my fiance. <laughs> so so I guess now that's the only one that matters. But, oh, that's but prior... right.
0: good, hey, good answer, man. Good thank answer. you,
1: thank you. I think she's listening in the house somewhere. I don't know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, back in the day, man, there was a number of songs. Uh, the One big one was a guy by the name of, uh, of uh, Secondhand Serenade. It was just him mm. and his guitar. A uh, great band name, I know. And great name. yeah, and he just started kind of playing his acoustic, and that was it. And so there was one song called uh, Fall for Me, and it was just a sappy love song. And nice. so, you know, it was just two chords, three chords, and so simple, you know? Yep. And yep. Uh, nobody cared if I just started whipping out a solo. Uh, yeah. people people just wanted to hear the words and so that really ever since people kind of brought, once I started realizing all people cared about was a story and and yeah. and some some words and stuff I didn't really focus on anything else and that was kind of when I realized wow so the music that I love so much but kind of in a way was embarrassed at the time to to admit because yeah. it, it wasn't cool back then right in, in the yeah. early 2000s so uh I kind of just realized man this this stuff's real like this stuff is raw it's it's you know it's not run through a bunch of bunch of pedals or nothing it's just straight instruments to your ears and that was such a powerful thing for me
0: oh that's nice that's that's a really amazing story you know honestly like so and you obviously have kind of evolved to the point where you're writing your your own music right Your, your own your own lyrics and and so like I heard someone say one time it's like you know the songwriters they start like they start paying attention, right? And they start becoming more, a little bit more in tune to their landscape around them. And so I'm like, the question, I guess, is like, when did you start paying attention? Where When did that start kind of going, oh, you know, I might have something to say here.
1: Uh, I think it was exactly when I realized I had something to say.
0: There we go. Uh,
1: you know, I don't I don't know when that was. I don't have an exact year. Um, but I, I think, you know, everybody growing up, everybody, I think, has a kind of, obviously a voice that resonates with them personally, you know, for some people it's playing sports, others, it, it might be, you know, um, playing piano, whatever the case may be, you kind of, you know, offer yourself to the world in, in your own personal way. And it was just songs for me really from day one. Uh, I remember it's kind of, you know, everything from the school talent shows when I was uh, a young kid to, yeah. um, you know, piano festivals when I was even a teenager. And, uh, instead of playing, uh, Beethoven or, or something like that, I was, I was playing a song that I wrote. So I, I just always kind of felt the need to, you know, express my story that way. And, uh, it almost started off as therapy in, in a sense from that perspective. Right.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I can totally relate to that. And I, you know, I know, I've, you know, I've, you know, spoke to a friend the other day. We're talking about just like our, our outlets during COVID, like what's grounded us. I know for myself, definitely it's, it's writing music as well. And. So, you know, has that been the case for you? Like how, how, how has COVID impacted your kind of, you know, your sixth sense with songwriting and storytelling?
1: Man, that's, that's a great point. It's, it's given me a lot of clarity uh, for starters in terms of what kind of matters most. Uh, I, I released two singles in COVID right Mm -hmm. during the lockdowns. So even just getting everybody together at the studio was a challenge and and so kind of navigating all of that was a little demoralizing in a sense of like, man, like, is it really worth it? Like, why not just wait two years? Uh, well, I, I still would probably not be doing it if I didn't do it then. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it really kind of got me going almost on a fifth gear a little bit. So, so that, was, that was a really positive thing for me. Um, it, but in terms of how it's kind of made me made me change in a sense of how I song or, or, or why I felt motivated and, and kind of grounded when I did it. Um, I think I was forced to, you know, I, yeah. I'm one of the few people, well, I'm sure there's more people, but, uh, not many people I know have had to isolate legally in terms of like, I've been a close contact or had COVID, uh, yeah. as much times as me, I think it's happened about five or six times now for me where I've just gotten yeah. the call that I've got to stay home. And so it went from two weeks the first couple times to a week to five days um after about day one you just have no choice yeah and i realized so quickly again i was reminded that that is one of the most important things to me and uh it's just what can i say when it's in you it's in you right
0: yeah absolutely yeah well speaking of, of singer and songwriting, um i think we should spin one of your songs so which one should we spin first and uh you know maybe Tell me a little bit about how you wrote it and the process around that.
1: Man, let's uh, let's start with uh, You're Not Supposed to Care Anymore. Okay. It's a great tune. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the sadder one that I've written. <laughs> Took me five years to write. <laughs> and uh, it's really funny. I started off with the melody of the chorus, right? Which, you know, uh, don't ask me how I'm doing and that kind of cool stuff there, right? And that's kind of how it started. Um, and I was just, kind of pissed off one day uh yeah was going through a divorce uh things were things were feeling kind of low um wasn't really in a good place and I just was like singing that for hours over and over again and I'm thinking man that's going to be a song one day and then I'd come home a week later put another line down a week later another line down and um the the very last word came about a week before I recorded it because I just had so many ideas but couldn't put it down on paper it was just almost like an entire diary of songs Mm -hmm. That I just kind of put into one And uh, man it tells the perfect story And uh, it really kind of Comes out on every Step of the process for recording that tune The exact story that I wanted to tell So uh, it's a very powerful Song to me, means a lot to me And I'll probably never stop playing it
2: They're not supposed to care anymore It's not supposed to be that way When you walked out that door You walked out on me I shouldn't even cross your mind But it happens all the time i'd be lying if i told you that you didn't cross mine too don't ask me how i'm doing don't ask if i You're not supposed to care anymore You're not supposed to care anymore You're not supposed to think of So oh, don't call me when you're lonely i I'll just let it ring Don't try to save me Cause some things can't be care for what you wish for, you'll make a man out of me, don't ask me how I'm doing, don't ask if I I'm okay, how I deal with sorrow, things I do to cope, pills when I'm alone, a bottle or a smoke, you're not supposed to care.
0: process around songwriting for you like i mean i know you know i including myself you know i'll get an idea late at night and be that cliche strumming a guitar then i'll take the phone you know record into my phone and that just translates into scratch tracks and on it so what's what's your process curious i think it'd be very similar to you man it's uh
1: i always wish i had a more romantic um process for it uh i kind of always wish i was the kind of guy that could like light candles around the room, open up a bottle of expensive champagne, pull out your guitar and just just write and just dedicate full time to doing it. Uh, but that's, that's never been the case for me. It comes while I'm driving. Uh, I, I used to have to pull over to, to actually process these things that I just thought of while driving, for example. And I would quickly mm-hmm. record it on my phone. Uh, and it became so bad that I actually bought a little voice recorder that I used to carry around with me. And just kind of press play probably 100 times a day with a word, uh, a line, anything like that. And then while I'm putting it to kind of music, I'm kind of thinking, ah, this doesn't work. But that's a really cool melody or I love that chord progression. So I'm going to save that for another tune. And then you just kind of slowly build these, uh, I guess, banks of, of, uh, of, of assets, which are songs, whether they're fully finished or a quarter finished. And, you know... It tends to be that very often when I actually sit down, dedicate time and finish a song, uh, I end up thinking of 30 more song ideas, but never finishing the one that I had.
0: You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, that's that the truth, right?
1: Yeah. And so I just kind of, uh, I, I rely so heavily on things just kind of coming together throughout the day and kind of the subconscious mind um, kind of getting the job done for me. And it's been, uh, it's been productive for the most part for, uh, for most of my life.
0: Awesome so then when you write a song if there's like you know I guess it's like you know you write the song and it's um you know it's maybe in its very pure form on acoustic guitar and then you know the concept of recording it comes you know and and you're in the studio and you're maybe doing some pre-production like what's that process for you around you know trying to keep that integrity of the song because if it's overproduced, it may not translate like live, you know? So is that, does that come into the equation at all? Like, where are you at with that?
1: Yeah, that's such a good point, Ian. Um, f- I mean, the first thing I've got to say is, I guess I give full credit to, uh, uh to John Pleck, my producer for, for keeping that. I think it's very easy for a lot of those guys to, to just throw a bunch of stuff on there and, and hope it works. Yeah. Uh, but, but John really understood both for, for everything we've done together, the vision and holds everything to the end goal of what the vision is. So that was a huge, huge, huge help, uh, for me, um, you know, it, it's really difficult though, like you said, to kind of think, okay, so this song is going to sound like this. It's going to have, you know, it's going to be a floor to the floor, a four to the floor kind of beat. Uh, it's going to maybe have some chicken picking. It's going to have this kind of base. It's going to have this, you know, it, to figure out all that stuff before you've actually played it with people is, is kind of difficult at times. Yeah. Um, and, and I always joke that the people that I'm uh, paying to do it are way more talented than me. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and I almost feel guilty then telling them that that was a, a bit of a crappy take. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. but I think at the end of the day, you just got to surround yourself with the people that, that want to see your song tell the story right? right and if they think that maybe it should be like this but you really want it to be like this you just got to tell them and uh yeah. you know if, if they're the right people for your team they'll uh, they'll understand that completely
0: yeah and you know it's, sometimes it's difficult right like you know you if you see something going in a certain direction that you're you just artistically you don't see that vision yeah. it is sometimes hard to have those conversations um but yeah you have a good group around you they totally understand the whole the whole thought behind it
1: of course. Yeah. And I mean, that's the beauty of collaboration too, right? Is they can bring stuff to the table that I just never thought of. And, and that was something that we actually uh, did a lot of on Hard Loving Woman, which um, I, I had all kinds of ideas. I was so set in my way on, on so many different levels. And all of a sudden we're in the studio and we were doing the take. And when that train beat comes in kind of yeah. for, the, for, for the pedal solo, and it kind of goes to the rest of the song, uh, that just kind of happened. It was like, "Hey, I'm going to try this, okay?" And he tried it, and I was like, "Man, I never thought of that before uh, for that tune." But it just worked, and I, and uh, and and then you kind of, you know, all the collaboration just piles on. People are thinking, "Man, uh, how about this?" And they play it, and you're like, "Man, I, that's not what I wanted, but I actually like it."
0: So yeah, let's, it so let's
1: roll with it. So, you know, I, I think you got to have uh, an idea of what you want the the final product to look like but you've gotta be very loose on kind of how you get there because there's there's a million options.
0: Yeah, I think people don't realize like how it, it, tedious and, and meticulous recording, you know, can be, you know, um, uh, to try to get it right. Especially if you're, like, I know for myself as a solo artist going into a studio and, and trying to convey that vision and it's, it, it is a bit of a process. So, like, so when it comes together for you, um, like, you have those teary moments where it's like wow man like this is exactly what I envisioned you know
1: yeah well well I guess they always say that if you don't hate your song by the time you're done recording it you probably didn't do it right
0: yeah you exactly. <laughs> know yeah, exactly.
1: yeah. and so yeah. so I think that's a big part of it I, I I mean you you spend people always kind of laugh when I tell them I don't want to listen to my own music because you're listening to it for 10-12 hours straight yeah, uh, in one day, and and you're not only just listening to it; you're listening to it on hundred of thousands of dollars worth of gear, so it's yeah. sounding really good. And and so when you hear it outside of that on your phone or something, you start realizing, man, I should have done this, should have done that. Yeah, uh, that's a dangerous place to be as an artist. You have to just kind of say, this is what you like about it, and and or or that you love it. That's what you create, and at the time, that's exactly what you wanted, and yeah. that's worth something, man. Right? So that's right. Um, it's so that's, never wrong. It's never Exactly. Wrong. Exactly, uh, but I think for a lot of things there was just those moments uh, that kind of happened. I I don't I wouldn't say it was a, a big moment of, man, this is what I want, uh, you know, and I could articulate it. I think you just feel it, right? Like like that's kind of the the beauty of music is why do we like some of the stuff we like? Why does some music change lives? Right? It's it's for you just feel it, and so I think when I felt certain parts, I was thinking, my goodness, this is. That's the one. That's what we're going to
0: keep. So it's it's you know you know I know you and I you know we never met face to face. We've had a lot of back and forth via social media, of <laughs> Mostly. course. Mostly Instagram. Um, Mostly. But you know it's funny. Like you you put out Heart and Woman, and I, I I remember when it came up on my Spotify, and I'm like, oh okay. Like, Jaren released this song, you know. And so I I put it in these headphones, and I was so blown away by it, man. Um, and you and you know it's like you know, if I close my eyes and I just went, wow, this is a throwback, uh, sound, you know, and a sound that is like, I know there's guys doing it in this province. It's for sure there is. Um, and, and guys and gals that do it very well. Um, but I just think it, it is such a unique sound. And, uh, so like, where do you feel it's going? Like, like, what's the feedback been like, you know, for you?
1: Oh man. Great question. Uh, I have been blown away over the last, uh, I mean, it's 12, it's, it's been pretty much, uh, 10 months now since that song's out. It came out in, well, since I was in the studio, I should say, I was in the studio in, uh, well, May long weekend. So we're, we're approaching that kind of, uh, my, my math is off. That's not anywhere close to 10 months, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of been a while since we were in the studio for that, but, um, pe- people like, raw music right it, it's it might not be what they listen to most of the time but for anybody that says that kind of that storytelling just raw sound is not liked by many uh, I think they are very very wrong yeah uh, that that's kind of what I've gotten right and you know you get some people that say man I don't like country music but I love that song and I, mm-hmm. I'm a little skeptical of that uh, you don't like what country music right like um, I like, what does that mean? Because you don't like one big, big genre. Right. Um, so, you know, I think people, uh, I, th- I think people always crave that sort of thing. And the reality is just in, in the world, there's not a whole lot of people doing that. You know, yeah. you know, you and I would be, uh, w- would be two a few that are yeah. kind of just telling the story, being raw and not hiding behind, hiding behind any type of controls. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, that's just such a huge thing. Um, you know, I think the other part of it too, is, is, um, there are so many great people kind of in the roots subgenre of country music mm-hmm. that are kind of leading the path and getting actually a fair bit of recognition as well. Right. And, and yeah. kind of, you know, making it known to the world that that's a big thing coming up, um, you know, but at the end of the day, the amount of support and listens and people that are just reaching out to me individually saying, man, that's great stuff. I love it. Um, it's It's been quite something. I, I don't know if I expected it that early. And uh, I was really hoping I could then get in front of people to, to tell those stories. But that's uh, kind of the world we live in now where we got to
0: put that on hold a little bit. Yeah, for sure. No, and that's a good segue. I mean, I could pick up on the passion in your voice, which is really good. And I'm sure that will translate live for sure. And I'm sure it does. It always has. And uh, so like, what's the next six months look like for you? Like where can people, you know, hear from you, see you, but what's, what's the plan? Well, there's
1: uh, uh, I guess it's funny you say that just today. I confirmed that we'll be starting the new, uh, the new single, which is uh, when's it going to be released? I have no idea, but we'll be recording it in, uh, in February here. It's going to be a little different. It's uh, uh, well, I'll just tell you here. There's going to be some really cool instruments that I haven't worked with uh, on any of my other songs, and there's going to be um, some cool Western feel to it with uh, uh, with, with maybe a long version uh, released on the side as kind of a, an even larger story. So,
0: uh, I see, we're getting the scoop. We're getting yeah, the scoop right here first. exactly.
1: You heard oh. it here first.
0: <laughs> you have to sign the copy of this podcast after it's done. Well, I'm cool. Yeah. So that, so that's very cool. So is that back at private ears? Are you going back there? Like, is it, is that the same type of uh, scenario?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I, I don't know if the whole thing's going to be in, uh, in that location, but we are going to be working with the same folks and uh, bringing on some new faces as well
0: very cool yeah and then and then I guess the plan to play some live live events once it opens up a bit
1: exactly yeah so that's I mean you you probably know more than I do in terms of when that's gonna happen uh, but uh, whenever it happens we'll be there we've got uh, lots of brewing on that front and uh, a few opportunities outside the province as well which are kind of fun to uh, fun to kind of talk about right now but at the end of the day it, it kind of all comes down to uh, timing on that but we're patient. So whenever the time comes, we'll be ready.
0: Very cool. You bet. Well, man, I think we're going to play one more song. Um, and you know what, just, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this inaugural episode. Um, you're easy guy to talk to. Um, I'm rooting for you big time. I think you're a very talented guy. I think there's some good things to come for you for sure. So, uh, thanks for being on, man. Hey,
1: I appreciate that a bunch. And, uh, uh, it's always nice to have people on my side of the fence, so so I appreciate that, and and uh, lo- I'm actually very much looking forward to your song tomorrow as well. uh I'll be honest, I don't know if I've pre-saved it yet, but
0: that's this is my reminder that if I haven't, I'm going to do it right now. I, I do not even think I made it available for pre-save. That's oh, okay, that's fair <laughs> enough. I did get my act together. So what are we playing <laughs> out? Hard loving woman. You bet, you bet. Hard loving woman. All right, guys. Hard loving woman. John Friesen, thanks, man. Cheers. Hey, cheers, thanks.
2: say nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m. I spent 24 years trying to prove I'm wrong and figure out who I am. And I think tonight I might just be one of those nights. (laughs) You were sitting there on a bar stool sipping on rum and coke. You follow me I think I found myself a woman who's hell raising enough to settle a man down. I found myself a lady who can't keep them bottles on the shelf. It takes a hard-loving woman to love a hard Yeah, you must be doing something right You're telling me you don't want me I gotta see if that's true The birds, the bees, and the honey trees Are wrapping their arms around You must be those right Late nights, where lines and neon signs I think I fell
0: I would like to thank Jaron Friesen for being my first guest ever on the podcast. As you heard, he is as genuine as they come and overall pretty darn talented and likable. I'm definitely rooting for him. You can find Jaron's music and all streaming platforms. You can also give him a follow on Facebook and Instagram and get more information on his story at www.jaronfriesen.com. Please go stream Jaron's music and support him along his journey. That really does go a long way to create future opportunities for the artist. I would also like to thank all of you once again for tuning in to this inaugural episode of the Prairie Town Basement Sessions. Like anything, the show will evolve, but I can definitely tell you one thing, the guests that we have lined up are all incredible, and I think you will really enjoy the conversations and music. Just a reminder that all episodes can be found on Spotify, my YouTube channel called the Prairie Town Basement Sessions, and can be streamed off my website at com. You can also find information on the podcast, including future guests, from the Instagram and Facebook accounts, both called at Prairie Town Basement Session. For the podcast and the social media accounts, please let me know what your thoughts are on the episodes. Give me a follow. I'd love to hear from you. Take care, everyone, and until next time, my friends.
2: You are listening to the Prairie Town Basement Session hosted by none other than Ian Crowjack.